I humbly and gratefully accept your nomination for the presidency of the United States. And so it's on to November. A lot of momentum coming out of Cleveland and coming back to Northeast Florida. WOKV Stephanie Brown and Mark Kay are both at the airport in Cleveland about to board a uh, plane to head back home. And uh, for both of you, uh, maybe a little bit of laundry before you actually uh, jet back off to Philadelphia to cover the Democratic National Convention uh, next week. Mark, let's start with you, I guess, as you look back on the week that was and some of those memorable moments. Donald Trump really trying to bring the house down last night, and in many ways, I think he did that. Yeah, he sure did. You know, I was talking to uh, Brian Kilme from Kilme and Friends yesterday because we're we're buds now, we're pals after <laughs> uh, hanging out all week. And uh, we, you know, the one thing we said was this was this was a lot of emotional ups and downs, and there was some big shock and surprise every single day. It started with Melania's speech, and then of course the Ted Cruz speech, and then last night Donald Trump came out. And he basically wiped the slate clean and every other controversy and every other non-endorsement and every other plagiarized word that somebody said was, was just erased from memory because it was all about Donald Trump and his 76-minute vision for America, which the crowd at the Quicken Loans Arena, by the way, ate up every word. It was, it was 76 minutes, but they could have gone another 30. They loved it. And Stephanie Brown, hearing from the delegates throughout the course of the week, I mean, they really got to come back and sell that message here and try to obviously motivate conservatives and Republicans to vote, but then also maybe try to get some people off the fence and uh, put them in the Trump camp. You know, one of the delegates that I spoke with really said it best when she pointed out that what she wanted to hear from Donald Trump's speech last night is pretty much taking anybody who was on the fence and moving them on to Team Trump. So it's going to be interesting to see how many people were convinced. Were there people who saw last night, saw the speeches through the course of the week, and firmly started to move toward his direction. The other Florida delegates, meanwhile, pointing towards unity. As Mark just mentioned, there have been a lot of, you know, divisive moments throughout the course of the week. And what the local GOP really wants to do is find ways to make sure that everybody comes together behind their candidate. Mark, I wonder, did did it feel dark at any moment? I know Donald Trump had made uh, some comments, and, and he was talking about the state of America as he sees it when it comes to slamming Hillary Clinton, saying that we're at a moment of crisis. Listen to this. This is the legacy of Hillary Clinton, death, destruction, terrorism, and weakness. Was that just more of a sobering uh, painting of an assessment the way he sees things in America today, or did that kind of uh, provide some dark moments for folks? Well, I mean, it was giving the crowd what they want. I mean, they came to see a show and they got the show. And, and this was a lot of what he did on the campaign trail, but it was cleaned up. It was professional. Uh, it was a great speech. I followed along on Twitter. I know a lot of other people who weren't there in the arena said it seemed dark. But I saw a couple of headlines that said, you know, Donald Trump is fear-mongering. However, he's 100% right. If it's dark, it's because, I mean, look at the news, Rich. It's a dark time in our history right now, and we need somebody who's going to go in there and shine a light on it. And Donald Trump and Ivanka Trump and the rest of the Trumps came out there yesterday and said, we're the ones that are going to do it. We are going to make sure that going forward we are going to... Come on, say it with me, make America great again. <laughs> you talk about Ivanka Trump. It really seems like the Trump kids are the ones that helped um, to kind of paint the picture positively in the positive ways that people could look at Donald Trump in painting the human being, where we're actually able to hear some stories about the guy who, you know, you may not ever hear out there in the news media world, even here on WOKV. You hear that in those speeches. They've got to be an asset, Mark, I would imagine, on the campaign trail now in the months ahead. 
not only that, they're superstars at the convention because they were the ones that were on the ground. Donald Trump was flying back and forth. They were here all week. And Ivanka Trump, her speech, everybody, everybody was so enamored with her. I'll tell you, if Hillary Clinton doesn't win, that's your first female president right there. Mm. Give it, you know, give it, uh, give it eight more years, and Ivanka Trump may be on somebody's ticket because uh, it looks like the Trumps are moving from real estate to politics. You've got a, a polished and, and well-informed and well-spoken family who's out there ready, willing, and able to serve. So this could be the new dynasty. Who knows? And Stephanie Brown, as you were hearing from the delegates, uh, I heard a couple of people talk about disappointing moment, which was probably Ted Cruz and his failure to endorse Donald Trump. High moments, I would imagine, have got to be hearing from the kids and the kind of messaging now that can get out there on the campaign trail from not just Donald Trump, but those surrogates, those kids who can hit the campaign trail hard and get a lot of attention. You know, I actually spoke with um, some of the Northeast Florida representatives. They had gotten a chance over the course of the convention to actually sit down with uh, one of Donald Trump's sons. So, as you mentioned, they're on the ground, and they were trying to make a case, and that's what we saw through the speeches as well. There's no doubt that their speeches throughout the course of the week really gave Donald Trump the personality, the personable side, the character that people aren't seeing when they see, you know, the business side of things. And that's something that the Northeast Florida delegates really think is going to be important, because the biggest obstacle right now in some people's perspective is the fact that Trump can be brash. He can be straightforward, which is, of course, what his supporters really appreciate about him. But when you look at trying to bring in some of those people who aren't, you know, firmly sold on the need to talk straight, then presenting the other side of the person is the way to do it, and that's what his family's been doing. Mark Kay and Stephanie Brown heard on WOKV every uh, weekday here, uh, standing probably right next to each other at the Cleveland airport. Have a safe flight back, guys, and we'll uh, see you. Are you literally, like, sitting right next to each other there in the airport? Yeah. Funny you should say that. We're about to tweet a photo of the two of us on two different (laughs) And we're getting some funny looks, too, so it's a great time. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, great work this week to both of you uh, with the Facebook Live video and the photo gallery, like 80-plus photos that uh, Stephanie and Mark have been taking and posting on our app. Uh, It's a free download for any Apple or Android device. I'd recommend getting it and uh, then make sure that you're with us next week because both Mark and Stephanie will be headed off to Philadelphia for uh, next week as we uh, bring you live coverage from the Democratic National Convention. Straight ahead in the special hour-long edition of Jacksonville's Morning News, the biggest takeaways from Herman Cain, how the message that came out of Cleveland can resonate in some of the places like Florida, and whether he thinks Florida can go red for Trump. We cannot afford to be so politically correct anymore. Donald Trump pushing back against political correctness. Herman Cain listening in closely at Quicken Loans Arena last night. I'd imagine that uh, there were many high moments from that speech, but what, what will you most remember? I'll most remember, Rich, that it was powerful, focused, and specific. And that was one of the best deliveries by Donald Trump I've ever seen. He measured his delivery, which was great, and that gave the audience time to sort of, you know, absorb what he was saying. I rated it an A. I really did. He said law and order is going to be restored. That seems like it's going to be a a theme, at least during these summer months, out of uh, what we've been seeing in in places around the country with uh, violence against police and protests and things like that. Is that a winning message, and how does it translate into a winning message, do you think? It is a winning message. And the reason it's a winning message is because that is the sense through the lens of the camera, the lens of the media, that law and order has gone out the window. Secondly, law enforcement officials feel as if 
the Justice Department and Washington and the White House that they don't have their back. Basically, what Trump was saying is, we got your back. And I think that resonated with the American people. So I, that's how he drives it home. All the law enforcement officials want is to do their jobs. And what's happening is, if you don't get the right tone from the top, some of them are going to feel nervous or reluctant about doing their jobs as all of this, you know, senseless targeting of police officers is going on. Herman Cain here on a special uh, hour-long edition of Jacksonville's Morning News, and you'll have three hours to cover, obviously, ad nauseum, the, uh, the, the big takeaways from the convention starting at 9 on News 104.5. Did the Trump kids ultimately help his cause in a big way, do you think, Herman? Yes, it did, yes. And the reason is because the Trump kids are a reflection of the character of the parents, and they were all impressive. So you certainly can't argue with that. That is what I think was one of the big wins of that whole thing. And, you know, obviously the liberals are saying, uh, you know what, they had too much family up there. That is just a liberal distraction, to be perfectly honest with you. As you take things big picture and now look at the week that was, we got off to kind of a really fascinating note and the, the questions of plagiarism in a speech from Melania Trump. There was the Ted Cruz moment where he's literally booed off stage. How will this Republican National Convention, do you think, most be remembered going forward in the weeks and months ahead on the campaign trail? It's going to be remembered most for the high points, uh, simply because uh, that's, it's going to be remembered most for the high points. And the low points of the plagiarism, that's not going to be a big deal, simply because, you know, the young lady who actually put those pieces in there has it and have admitted it. So the Trump campaign didn't try to hide it like some others would try to do. They fessed up. And so that is a good thing. So it's going to go away. But you know that some liberals out there are going to continue to nitpick that and continue to try to make it a big deal. Secondly, as far as uh, Ted Cruz being booed off the stage because he wouldn't openly endorse or strongly support, uh, you know, Donald Trump, that's also going to fade. Now, I don't think that it means that the party is divided. Ted Cruz represents a small fraction of the Republicans and the conservatives out there. And so here again, those two things, I guarantee you, the liberals are going to focus on and they're going to try to beat that horse to death. But in terms of overall, I think it's going to be, a, in, in hindsight, a week from now, two weeks from now, it's going to be remembered as something very minimal. Fun week there? Great week. I got to tell you, I got to give kudos to the city of Cleveland for, one, hospitality of all of the people we ran into, whether you were in a restaurant, a hotel, or walking on the street. Secondly, I give them kudos for the presence of law enforcement officials. Rich, you couldn't walk anywhere without seeing a swarm of police officers. Policemen were in from all over the country. I even ran into a group of them from Atlanta, my hometown. Hmm. He was from, one's from San Francisco, one's from Florida. It was swarm. You would have been a fool to try to do something stupid here in Cleveland. Police were everywhere. And the compound that went around the Quicken Center, as well as where we are doing Radio Row, it was a military compound. Uh, the only thing they needed to work on a little bit better was traffic. Uh, that kind of, the logistics of the traffic wasn't as good as it could have been, but it was a great week, great time. 
and uh, I'm glad we were here. All right, we'll be plugged in starting at 9 o'clock with the Herman Cain. Thank you so much for your contributions throughout this busy week. What a week it was of the Republican National Convention. We wind it right back up and do it again next week in Philadelphia, beginning Monday with the Democratic National Convention. Special hour-long edition of Jacksonville's Morning News continues. And just ahead, Brian Kilmeade's biggest takeaway uh, from Donald Trump's address and a bit of a family affair from a, uh, a an analytical sort of standpoint. We'll explain next as Jacksonville's Morning News continues at 827. After four years of Hillary Clinton, what do we have? Let's defeat her in November. Donald Trump on the floor of the Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland with a rousing speech in excess of an hour plus. And some of the key moments we're continuing to cover for you during this special hour of Jacksonville's Morning News. And it continues into 9 o'clock on the Herman Cain Show, live from Cleveland. Our political analyst from Jacksonville University, Rick Mullaney, joins me. And I guess as you look big picture on the week that was, Rick, some of the most memorable moments, I would imagine a lot of it is the momentum that builds for Republicans and supporters of Donald Trump now coming out of the convention, wouldn't you say? Well, there's no question that momentum built during the week. Uh, there was, there were obviously some missteps early in the week uh, mm-hmm. with Melania Trump and the allegations of plagiarism, the non-endorsement by Ted Cruz. But by last night, it appeared to me, and this is one of the things I'm very interested in hearing from those who are at the convention about, it really did appear that that crowd was energized, that they had built up a, very, a great deal of passion in the convention hall, uh, and that he gave a very rousing and, as you mentioned, very lengthy speech. Well, why don't we make it a family affair for you since we did for Donald Trump and the kids from Donald <laughs> Trump uh, did so well to to represent uh, their dad. Your son, Richie Mullaney, is a junior at Georgetown University in D.C. and was selected by the Institute of Politics at Georgetown to be a student ambassador at the Republican National Convention. So we decided let's get him on the line with you and me as well. You were on the floor there, Richie, yesterday. What was that like? Well, the excitement was definitely palpable. The uh, excitement grew throughout the week, and I definitely say after eight years of Republicans being out of the White House, that convention hall was ready to win, and Donald Trump definitely promised them a win. As your uh, biggest take, this was your third convention, right, Richie? That's correct. What, as you look through uh, the week that was, some of the missteps that your dad talked about earlier in the week, did those stick with delegates? Is that any part of the message that comes out of it, or is it really the momentum that built through the week with the Trump kids and with Trump's ultimate message and taking that on the campaign trail now? You know, this was definitely the least choreographed of the three conventions. Instead of uh, politicians speaking all the time, there were more business leaders and evangelical leaders, and it was not the establishment that you normally see. But I think the crowd likes that. That's what the crowd likes about Donald Trump. And so I think the unpredictability of the convention actually uh, might help him. And I think the missteps were kind of overshadowed by the big show that was last night. As a millennial, I wonder how uh, motivated uh, are millennials now to, to turn out for Trump and to really give him a serious thought, because one would assume that the younger generation is more likely to turn blue and to turn toward Hillary Clinton this election year. What sort of effort and energy are you sensing with your fellow students at Georgetown and there at the convention as well as you were able to hobnob with them? Sure. Well, I think millennials are definitely more engaged than ever this election. With social media and everything else, I think that millennials are involved and paying attention, and I think that's a great thing. And I think no matter what you think of Donald Trump, you can say his best asset is his family. And I think his young kids are his best way of reaching out to millennials. And I think you heard that from Ivanka Trump tonight. She even said, as a millennial myself, and then defended her father. So I think you'll start to see 
outreach towards the millennial community so he can help himself in that demographic. Rick Mullaney, the son, obviously very well spoken. Would you agree with his assessment that the kids really probably did the best job of anyone this weekend to help paint the picture of dad the person? Uh, absolutely so. Earlier in the week, I mentioned I thought the children were an emerging story. And by the end of the week, in many ways, uh, besides their father, they were the story. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. gave an extraordinary speech, maybe the best of them all. And that's saying a lot because Tiffany Trump, as Richie just said, 22 years herself, just out of the University of Pennsylvania, uh, I think does have appeal to the younger people and gave a very fine speech. Uh, Eric, um, a very professional speech, very articulate. And, of course, Ivanka, who is very poised, very articulate, and she has a broader appeal, almost a liberal message, uh, talking about equality of pay, talking about her father being race, gender neutral. Uh, I think she gave a testimonial for him that was very, very powerful, that would have been hard to have come from anyone else. So I do agree with Richie that the Trump children were a huge asset, and they were one of the big stories coming out of this convention. Rick Mullaney, our political analyst from JU, his son Richie, who's a, a, a Georgetown University student and was at the convention and is still in Cleveland. Probably, Did you even sleep last night, Richie? I'd imagine you guys were up late last night. It was a pretty late night. There was a lot to talk about and a lot to reflect on. So very little sleep last night. People hearing. What was the mood when Donald Trump laid the marker down? Let me start with you, Richie, on this one, where he sure. said there will not be harassment of LGBTQ in, in America. I mean, that, that is not necessarily something that's been marked down by a Republican presidential candidate at a convention hall before. Sure. That's one thing that's very interesting about Donald Trump. He does not... Uh, go down the party line on, on all issues. And there were, there were a lot of cheers when he said that. And even before Donald Trump spoke, you had Peter Thiel, um, the first openly gay speaker at the RNC, and he got a lot of cheers, too, as he um, said that he was proudly gay, Republican, and American. I think that Ivanka Trump, Trump even hit on some of those issues. So it's very interesting on, on that issue, on some uh, issues. Donald Trump does not subscribe to the Got you in a tough sell there, Richie, so hang tight with me one second. Rick Mullaney, uh, uh, as we bring you back into the fold here, uh, you know, is that an issue where socially in America we just, we are today, and can that win ultimately for a candidate like Donald Trump, whereas maybe he he didn't hit on abortion last night, he didn't hit on gay marriage last night, he didn't hit on some of the other social issues that you typically would hear a Republican presidential candidate touch on? Um, I agree with what Richie said. I thought last night in the convention hall, you saw kind of a different embrace. It was very embracing of uh, the multi-billionaire CEO who comes forward and, and talks about being proudly pro-gay. Uh, I mean, who's proud to be gay, proud to be Republican, proud to be an American. And I think they were beginning, to, and it's the right tone. One of the challenges in Donald Trump's speech that I think is going to be well-received in the convention hall and by conservatives is how, what is, how broad is the appeal. How does he pivot to a much broader appeal for the general election? And that is one area, uh, as you were mentioning earlier, particularly with millennials and with others, where the Republican Party can do better. And I think they tried to inch towards that last night. Ricky, you got any questions for your kid there? (laughs) Well, one of the things I was going to ask him, I think he did, was do you think the Ted Cruz non-endorsement actually caused a little bit of more emotion the next day and sort of a rallying around Donald Trump? Because it did seem to me there was far more... It seemed a little flat earlier in the week, and it seemed to really build up to something last night was very passionate. I would absolutely say so, yes. Everyone was very impassioned after Ted Cruz's speech. They had a lot of feelings about that. That was all the talk in Cleveland after that night. And it really, I think, actually helped the crowd and the delegates rally behind Donald Trump uh, the next night. And that's what you saw in all the excitement.
last night. You guys could probably uh, carry your own radio show. I mean, I would love to be a fly on the wall at Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner and watching the two of you talk politics. <laughs> Golly, jeez. So well, I, I, love li- I love listening to him. That's the truth. Well, it's a good family affair, I think. Richie uh, Mullaney, who's a student at Georgetown, when you come back to Jacksonville uh, uh, at some point over the next few weeks, we'll have you in studio. Maybe, maybe we can uh, keep the conversation going. Guys, thank you so much. Rick Mullaney is our political analyst here on WOKV with Jacksonville University Public Policy Institute. And Richie Mullaney is son, who's a millennial voter, who was a student ambassador from Georgetown University and spent the last week. What an awesome experience, I'd say, at the Republican National Convention. Straight ahead, Brian Kilmeade's biggest takeaways from the week from Donald Trump's speech and our other insider, ABC's Brad Milkey, who has been in uh, uh, Cleveland all this week um, on the biggest takeaway messaging now that comes out of Cleveland and hits the campaign trail and whether or not they'll be able to keep up the momentum next week when the Democrats are in Philly. Special edition of Jacksonville's Morning News continues at 849. Jacksonville's only all-news morning show continues with your memorable moments coming out of the Republican National Convention. I tell you, I love my own, but after hearing the Trump kids talk about their dad, I want Donald to be my dad. <laughs> That's not a bad memorable moment. Those kids were really quite good, uh, probably putting the best representation forward and painting the man and not just the presidential candidate and the billionaire. Brian Kilmeade, host of Fox & Friends every weekday morning on uh, Fox News Channel, and every week night here on WOKV at 6 o'clock with his biggest takeaways coming out of Cleveland. When he gets on prompter, people, you know, I notice a huge difference. Last night I felt as though he, uh, he knew every word and felt every word of what he was reading. And as opposed to the unscripted, wild, uh, random, scatter, uh, scattershot way of ad living, as opposed to the very structured way, I thought he, he, found, uh, he found the right spot last night. I thought the delivery was great in terms of content. Nothing really surprised me except for the fact that he changed a few things. He seemed to back off his, I think I'm sick of NATO, I'll do something else. Uh, he kind of modernized that a little bit and made that a little bit more mainstream. Number two, his uh, embracement, he said uh, gay Republicans, he uh, put an outstretched hand to them, not many Republicans, same-sex marriage and whatever. He let everybody know from the LGBTQ community that he would not be an enemy to them, he'd be open to them, and he said, as a Republican, I'm glad you applauded that. I thought that really stood out. And I, I thought he looked presidential yesterday overall. Did you think that at times things got a little bit dark? I mean, he was talking about the reality as he sees it, and many Republican supporters would say they see it as well in terms of where we're at in the country and where we're at on the world stage as well. Is there danger in sounding that dark tone, or is that kind of... Um, uh, statement uh, really needed, uh, that, that, that kind of mantra, if you will, right now t- in a fair assessment of, of how he sees the world. I think the word fair is right. That's a fair criticism. A little bit too negative. That's a fair criticism. However, he wants to create an urgency for change, and, and she has embraced as Hillary Clinton being third term of Barack Obama. Could they have said, look, at, here's the good part. America has never uh, had an economy that's earned uh, this type of revenue. America, in a time in which there's so much uncertainty, money is still pouring into this country for investment because there's no other, there's no other island of security. But we can be better. They could have done it more like that. Instead, Donald Trump's delivery and a speechwriter, I'm sure, sees that is black and white. Has to change. I can change it. Has to change. I can change it. He doesn't do gray area too well. So they mirrored his voice. But I think you're right, and I think Mike Pence can do that. To uh, paint a little bit more optimism out there and talk about where we've come and how bad it was in the 70s and how dark it looked in the 80s 
and how he turned everything around in the 90s. Brian Kilmeade will be here for a full three hours tonight, starting at 6 o'clock with continuing coverage of the road to the White House and the biggest moments from the Republican National Convention. Reading from the fact check that uh, we've been able to do uh, at WOKV.com and some of the takeaways from Trump's speech last night, saying America is one of the highest tax nations in the world, it's a bit of an inaccuracy to say that U.S. tax burden is actually the fourth lowest among the 34 developed and large emerging uh, economies that make up the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. Also saying my opponent wants to essentially abolish the Second Amendment. Well, Hillary Clinton has not proposed any specific revocation of the constitutionality uh, of a protected right to bear arms. She does, however, support a ban on certain military-style weapons, similar to the law that President uh, Bill Clinton signed in the 1990s. That ban expired after 10 years and was not renewed. There were other portions of the Trump speech that may not have necessarily been on their face false, but embellished certainly in a, a convention, and you would typically expect something like that to occur. ABC's Brad Milkey checked in a little bit earlier. He was at the convention hall with some of the big moments from last night's speech. So it, it was uh, the longest speech that Donald Trump has ever delivered, uh, as far as I can tell, and that allowed him to pack a lot into it. And, and really, it was a traditional Donald Trump speech, which was interesting to me. We spent all week talking about uh, this appeal to broader America, and he did make it, and you heard him uh, sort of reach out to people that probably have not been reached out to in traditional Republican addresses like that, right? I mean, his line about LGBTQ Americans, as disingenuous as some on the left, I think, might find that, uh, saying that Hillary Clinton would certainly do a better job of standing up for that group of uh, Americans, that was a huge moment in Republican Party history, right? That they can't really be taken back now. Uh, you know that that happened. And then, as far as you know, his uh, other policies that we've heard about in the last few months, he was not shrinking away from these necessarily. He might have been offering slightly more nuanced takes of his Muslim immigration ban, uh, of his immigration policies. But he was not shrinking away from them. He was not apologizing for offering this very dire look at where America is right now. ABC's Brad Milkey on the road to the White House as our coverage winds up, and we really get going now in earnest with continuing coverage uh, headed into the Herman Cain Show, which is coming up next right after another news update. Republican National Convention is now in the books, but a lot of ground to cover, the big moments uh, from Trump's speech, and now the energy that moves out of Cleveland to the campaign trail. And a reminder, we are going to be all over Philadelphia next week for the the Democratic National Convention. Jacksonville's Morning News continues at 8.58. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.